Welcome back to the Suitors Podcast. We are continuing on with our stories of the six Sikhande Prasang. This is part three. Diving into the stories of the six mentioned in Bhai Gurdas's 11th Var, where he names the six of the Gurus without explaining or expanding too greatly into the stories or questions they had for the Guru. Bhai Mani Singh then had written up these stories of the six, and this is the source from where the great poet Kavi Sindok Singh is then drawing from and writing this section. So chapter 43 now begins describing two great doctors of the Sikh community named Banwali and Parasram. They would take great care of the congregation, diagnosing and curing their illnesses without any desire for anything in return. They would spend their own money on creating their medicines. On behalf of the Guru, they would take away all the congregation's pains and illnesses. For those Sikhs who were so sick, that they couldn't even get out of bed. These two, Banwali and Parasaram, they would go to their houses and treat them even there and would cure them so well that those six would be able to get up and walk again. So Banwali and Parasaram, they would have such great love for the Guru Shabbat, the Gurbani, and would sing it, they would contemplate its meanings, and then also put those meanings into action. One day, in front of the Guru, they stood and they clasped their hands together and they said, O true emperor, we have understood that the Guru's words, Gurbani, that Gurbani is the giver of liberation. And within Gurbani, there is such praise for the Saad Sangat, the congregation of Sadhus. Why has the Guru written this? Guru Hargobind then replied, saying, All the medicines that you make, you store them in your house. And those who feel sick, they come to your house and you then assess those who come to your house, looking at their pulse. And then you contemplate on their disposition. If they have a certain heat or cold or cough, a certain type of Ayurvedic categorization of illness. So you look at their traits and only then you give them the appropriate medicine to alleviate their illness. And with this, then their pain, their illness slowly goes away and they get better. You've stored countless medicines in your place and those who are sick come to your place looking for treatment but without the skill of medicine that you have without a doctor being able to diagnose the problem the illness does not go away everyone here should hear this and understand this that in the same way my beloved six my gurmukhs the ones who face the guru when they are approached they first see at what level of understanding are the congregation coming from is it appropriate to deliver to them the teachings of Gautam related to action like bathing, like waking up early, like doing good deeds, like speaking the truth? Or should the teachings be related to upasana, devotion, bhakti, related to reciting, singing, gurbani? Or is it related to gyan, wisdom, understanding the divine, and ultimately oneself? According to the Adgar, or the level of understanding or capacity of the Sikh, those Gurmukhs give that appropriate teachings to them. So they give the appropriate level of daily routine, the code of conduct, the virtues they should be striving for. And in this way, those Sikhs, then they easily obtain liberation. 
If one were to give teachings upadesh without looking at the capacity or the level of understanding of the sick, then forget about liberation. Only pain will arise. This is why such great praise has been given to the sadhu sangat, the congregation of the sadhus. This is why the great gurus have praised the congregation so much. So after this story, another Sikh came to see Guru Hargobin. His name was Tiratha. He used to work in the army of the emperor. He came to the sanctuary of Guru Hargobin and he clasped his hands together and he said, Guru Hargobin, I spend my entire day at work. I don't have any time for anything else. How will I be saved? Guru Hargobin responded to him to teach him, saying, Tiratha, you should always serve the saints, the sadhus. Give them clothing and food. Whenever you can please them, please them. It's like giving cow grass or grain. That person who does this will eventually get milk from that cow. So in the same way, if you serve the sadhus, and as they will become pleased with you, they will then easily place you on the correct path and will instill within you devotional worship and divine wisdom. Tirtha then asked, Well, how will I know who is a saint, who is a sadhu? How will I know who to serve? Guru Hargobind then responded, explaining in this technique, saying, Listen, once there was a king who had this desire that he wanted to see some swans with his own eyes. So he just started to serve all and every type of bird. He started putting out bird feed for all types of birds. And birds from all over would come, from all lands, started to come and enjoy the bird feed that he was putting out. The birds would enjoy this and then go around and sing the praises of the king, saying that he provides the best feed. And eventually this praise was heard by swans who were residing at the Mansarovar, a mythical lake in the Himalayas. These swans who lived there heard this praise and they thought, okay, we should go there and see the king's place. And within his heart, let's increase this love he has for us. This great love for which he's constantly giving out feed to all the birds. So two swans went to the king's palace and showed their great form to the king, who when he heard was overjoyed and he came with milk and pearls for the swans as an offering. In Indic mythology, swans are thought to drink milk and consume pearls. So the king placed these in front of the swans. The swans ate the pearls and then when drinking the milk would drink, the milk part would leave the water components of the milk as leftover. So this is a trope in Indic mythology that swans are representatives of discriminative intellect and are analogous thus to Gurusiks. Bhai Gurdas writes, Gurmuk Ujjal Hans hai Manmuk hai kaag. That a Gurmuk is like a beautiful shining swan, whereas a Manmuk is like a crow. So this is because the mythic trope here that a swan can engage with milk and in its tongue it has a certain quality that separates all the milk fat from the water in the milk and this is analogous to how a gurmukh engages with the world he can separate out the tat the essence from the illusion of the world this quality is called babek babek separating truth from false from eternal from illusionary so the swans did this they drank the milk and separated the water from the milk they also had these pearls in their stomach and they spat them out before flying off uh, to their own land and they had placed such bliss into the king's mind 
So when the king picked up these pearls that the swans had left, not the ones that he had given them, when the king had picked up these pearls, he went to go get them valued. So the jeweler who was looking at the value of these pearls, when he was appraising it, he saw that these pearls were so valuable, it was more valuable than the entire king's wealth. So Guru Hargobind says, For this reason, do seva, do service of everyone, everyone in the entire world. And when they, the sadhus, come, they will give you the divine wisdom, which is invaluable, like the pearls that the swans gave that king. So Guru Hargobind said this and made Tiratha so happy. He then began to serve the saints and in remembrance of Vaheguru, he obtained great peace. And at the end of his life, he traveled to the afterlife, arriving close to the Guru. In another story, there was a Sikh named Bhava Tiro. He lived in Ojan. This is in Madhya Pradesh. He would be greatly devoted to the Guru, performing devotional worship in his house. He would listen to Katha and Kirtan, and he would perform both as well. He would only sleep six hours a night. And in the other 18 hours of the day, he would just be constantly absorbed in devotional worship. In meeting with the true congregation, he became greatly wise. And every six months, he would come to visit the Guru, obtaining the Guru's darshan, divine sight. And he would be in such bliss by doing that. So one day he came to ask the Guru. He said, what are the qualities of a saint, of a sadhu? Then Guru Hargobind replied saying, there is one slok written by Guru Arjan Devji which explains the qualities of a saint. So this slok is in slok Sahaskriti written by Guru Arjan Devji on Ang 1357 of Guru Granth Sahib. Mantarang Ram Ram Namang Tiyanang Sarvatrapur Neha so the mantra, the name that these saints recite, is the name of Ram Ram. And their focus, their tian, resides fully within the divine that is ever-present everywhere, within all things. The wisdom that they possess is that they treat, they view, they experience pain and pleasure as the same. This is their pure and compassionate hateless manner in which they engage with the world. They are totally compassionate to all beings in the world by forsaking the five blemishes, the sins like desire, anger, greed, attachment, and the ego. They eat the divine praise, the singing, the Kirtan of Gopal, the Divine, who is the sustainer of the whole world. And their engagement in the world is sparse. It doesn't consume them like a lotus who remains above the water. They give out teachings equally to their friends and enemies alike, and within their hearts is love for the devotional worship of the Divine. They don't listen to the slander of anyone else in their ears. They abandon all notions of their self, their pride, their ego, notions of identity and worth, and become the dust of all. These are the six qualities of a truly and fully imbued person who Guru Nanak calls a beloved sadhu. 
So these are the translations of the lines given above, but the great poet Santok Singh here then carries on describing how Guru Hargobind interprets the patches and saying, A saint, a sadhu is such a person who contemplates Ram within everyone. They treat pain and pleasure forever alike. They contemplate that pure, that hateless, that distinct wondrous divine forever attached to that divine in every moment. They are compassionate to all beings and they don't get wrapped up in desire, or anger and other vices just like how a lotus remains unaffected and remains forever above the water. A sadhu is one who teaches friend and enemy alike. They don't listen to the slander of others in their ears and they adopt humility within their mind. These are the six qualities of a sadhu. Consider such a person wise and full of virtue. And in their company, low-level thinking departs. And in their service, one obtains divine wisdom. So Thiro heard this and was so happy. He headed home contemplating these qualities. And then he himself began to adopt these qualities. So in another story, there was a big gathering of six who had come from the village Burhanpur, which is south of Punjab, is in Madhya Pradesh as well. In the group there was Bhagat, uh, the great devotee, Pagwandas, there was, there was Badola, Malak Kataru, Prithimal Jarand, Buddh Saru, there was Dallu Bhagat, Chura Hairan, there was Swami Das Vadavan, and there was Sundar. And there was other six as well there who came in that group. They would all get together in Burhanpul and perform Kirtan and contemplate upon the divine. So they all came to receive the darshan divine side of Guru Hargobind and they brought with them countless offerings for the Guru and they placed it down before the Guru, before bowing down to the lotus-like feet of the Guru. They stayed there some time, many days, and they sat with a desire to learn about divine wisdom in front of the Guru. So they requested from the Guru, they said, Guru Hargobind, please give us the proper teaching such that we may cross over this ocean-like existence. Guru Hargobind told the congregation from Burhanpur, he said, You should all make a Taramsala, a Gurdwara, in Burhanpur. You should meet there in the early hours of the day, listening and reciting Gurbani. Contemplate on the meaning of Gurbani through listening to Katha, and then put those teachings into practice with great determination in your mind. Then perform the Charan Kaval Chaunki before performing Ardas. So this Chaunki happens after Asa Divar. So then go home after this Chaunki and then take care of your own work. Work righteously, don't lie and don't deceive anyone. In the evening time after work, perform Reharas and until it gets dark, perform Kirtan. At the end, recite Kirtan Sohela. And in the last phase of the night, of the next day, wake up and bathe. Then recite Gurbani, the treasure trove of bliss from memorization. If you ever see any sick who needs food or clothing, provide for them, please them. Also on dates like the new moon, Masya, the starting of a month, Sangrand, on Diwali or Basaki, on these days you should get together, collect donations to the Guru's house and prepare Prachad and distribute it to everybody there. Remember to renounce the ego and keep one's mind humble. In this way, always congregate with a true congregation. At one time in a village, a cat fell into a well. 
The villagers thought, well, how can we make this well pure again? They went to ask a local pundit. The pundit told them, okay, take the cat out of the well and then take a hundred buckets of water out of the well and it will become pure again. So the people of the village, they went and just started taking out water, but forgot to take the cat out of the well. They took a lot of water out of that well, but the bad smell didn't go away. So they went back to the pundit to tell them that, you know, the well still hasn't become pure after so much effort, after taking so much water out of that well. The pundit then went to go see the well himself. He looked down and he saw the dead cat there still in the well. He said to them all, what have you done? You've left that cat still in there. Until you take that dead cat out, how will the water become clean? So Guru Hargobind is saying in the same way, understand that ego is just as bad which is stuck in one's mind. Until one casts this out, this sense of self, this importance about oneself, until then, one always has this doubt and delusion restricting them from liberation. And for this reason, it should do away with one's sense of self, ego, and ever be ready and on guard to cast it away. And slowly, slowly, the sense of self will go away and the illumination of wisdom, of the true self, the Atama, the divine, will become apparent. So all the six from Burhanpur, they heard this and they felt such bliss from these teachings. They left and went back to their city contemplating on the divine name Satanam. Whatever the Guru had told them, they did. They completed those tasks and performed that devotional worship, making their mind pure. The daily discipline which the Guru told them, they obeyed and they lived their life in that way and all of them were deserving and reached liberation. As they were saying, blessed, blessed is Guru Hargobind who gave us such peace. And this is how chapter 43 concludes, how part 3 of the Sikhande Prasang concludes. And in the next episode, we'll be covering part 4 of this six-part series on these questions and answers, this discussion that Guru Hargobind had with his Sikhs. So that's where we're going to pick up next time. But as always, I'd like to thank those who have been supporting the podcast through the Mangalacharan Patreon page. Hey,